Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. All right, Susie, KT, are you ready for today's podcast? Yeah, Robert, of course we're ready. Because we are unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm unstoppable, I'm a buzzer with no brakes, I'm invincible, yeah I would never single gay, mine's so powerful, I don't need batteries to play, I'm so confident, yeah I'm unstoppable today. October 26th, 2023. Hi, everyone. This is Robert, Susie's producer, and welcome to the Women and Money podcast and everyone smart enough to listen. We're doing another best of show today because Susie and KT were in New York City the last few days so that Susie could tape an episode of the TV show Who's Talking to Chris Wallace. Then she did Fast Money on CNBC and then attended the Forbes 50 Over 50 event. Now, here's something really cool that happened. It turns out I was able to be in the same room with Susie and KT when she taped Chris Wallace, which for me was just so special because even though we talk just about every day, uh, we haven't seen each other in a long time because of COVID and KT and Susie living in the Bahamas and in Florida and me living up here in New York. So it was just really great, even just for you know a little bit, to spend some time together. And while Susie was taping Chris Wallace, KT says to me, Robert, you know, with me being sick a few weeks ago, I I haven't been on the podcast for a while. Do you think maybe Thursday's best of could be one with me and Susie? Well, I cannot say no to my friend KT. So today's highlight is from an Ask Susie and KT Anything episode uh, from April of this past year. We're going to jump right to the questions. So please enjoy. KT, are you ready? I'm ready, Susie. All I've right. got some good questions. Of course you do. So the, the first one I have is from Nick. And Nick said, hey, KT and Susie. <laughs> My wife Wait, and wait, I, why are you too loud? Because they always, they put KT's name first and they know I'm going to pick it out. <laughs> hint, 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 hint. So Nick said, my wife and I are in our early 30s and currently we have Roth IRAs with a local investment advisor paying a fee of 1.25%. All the funds are invested in ETFs with the majority of holdings in the S&P 500. And then Nick says he wants to switch this because they believe they're paying too high of a fee. What You don't have to believe you are. You are. How dare a financial well, advisor well, charge you the, that much? But here's right. the question. This is, and I'm interested in your thoughts as well. Susie, what are your thoughts on robo-advisors? They charge about 25% of an advisor fee and have auto-rebalancing and tax loss harvesting. I have no idea what that means. I'm leaning towards them, but I want to get your advice. So, Nick, first of all, let's talk about this fee. Yep, 
you are paying too much. Because when an advisor takes your money and they put it in a Standard & Poor's 500 fund or an ETF, which is an index fund, they aren't doing anything. And you're already paying a tiny little advisory fee or an expense ratio within those funds. So number one, you should absolutely get out from being under this particular financial advisor. That's number one. Number two, robo-advisors, okay. But why? When you can do this yourself. You know, when I was a financial advisor seeing clients, my goal was to make those people as independent from people like me as possible. Because you know it, I've said it, and I'll say it again, you will never be powerful in life until you're powerful over your own money, how you think about it, feel about it, and how you invest it. And it's so easy. And since the majority of your money is already in index funds and things like that, just do me a favor, switch it to a discount brokerage firm, what you have will go over exactly as it is to wherever you choose, and just try it on your own. You don't need anybody else to do it, especially a robo-advisor. And if you think 0.25% doesn't mount up over 20 or 30 or 40 years, I'm here to tell you, you are wrong. All right. Also, one other thing tax loss harvesting within a retirement account, right? There is no tax loss harvesting. Mm. Okay, go on. I, I never heard of that term before. Yeah. Okay, this next one, I, and I love this one. Well, wait, KT, just so you know, tax loss harvesting mm. is where it's what we do, believe it or not, at the end of every year. I look at everything that we have invested in outside of retirement accounts, and I look at what we have losses in, and I look at what we have gains in, and I harvest those losses, meaning I sell those stocks to offset the gains of the stocks that we have gains in, and I sell those too, so we don't have to owe income taxes on those positions. Anyway, so I harvest the losses to offset gains, if that's what I want to do that year. This is from Diana. Hi, Katie and Susie. Can I pay my 12-year-old to mow the grass over the summer and open a Roth IRA for him with this money? I can answer that. Should that be a quizzy? No, because you told we, we addressed this about a month ago. And this was a great question about, you know, when can you open a Roth and what IRA? And what was the answer? The answer to this is no, you cannot. Oh, gee. <laughs> you know why? Why? Because it has to be with... Um, Taxed after tax. All right, let me just get to the point. Wrong, wrong, I should have wrong. been <laughs> I thought you can't do no, that. you can do that, right? However, here is the key, Diana. Of course, for babysitting, you know, mowing grass and things like that, you can use that money as earned income. However, remember, the maximum you can put in, though, on their behalf with the money that they've earned, and you should keep a record of you paying them just in case anybody ever challenges it is 100% of what they actually earned up to a maximum of $6,500, whichever one is less. So if they only earned 
$400 over a year babysitting, mowing the lawn, whatever it is, that's the maximum you can put in. So just know that and just be careful here. What does that look for? That just confused me. In what way? It said maximum 6500 or less. That's right. So why would that be the maximum? Because that's all they earn. That's right. So you can't you can't pad it with a gift or birthday cards or things no, like that. No, of course not, Katie. Okay. Remember, it's earned income. Earned income. All right. Next is from Mike. Susie, help. I feel like I made the worst decision of my life. We moved out of a condo last year while the market was hot, and it's currently a rental with a good cash flow. It probably has about 500000 in equity. We decided to buy a house, which at the time we didn't know was at the top of the market, and we did a big renovation project before moving in. Here we are a year later, and the house is worth less than what we paid for it not including the $150,000 reno cost. I'm 45. I have about $1.1 million in savings, retirement accounts, and mutual funds. The reason we bought this house was to put in a pool, and now I can't imagine putting another 200000 in this house when it's not even at the value we bought it for. My husband wants to keep going and make it our home. I want to stop putting any more money into it because I'm not enjoying the real purpose of why we bought the house. And now I'm kind of resentful about it. Not sure what to do, Susie. It's signed M&M. I like, you like M&Ms. She loves M&Ms. Tell everybody about my M&M ventures. Well, whenever we did speaking engagements, there's always a writer on the contract that says what the talent likes to snack or eat or have for lunch. And Susie would only write M&Ms. And we'd get to these locations and there'd be piles and, and bags of M&Ms what was the everywhere. One, what was the one I was on before M&Ms? Raisinets. But dark colored ones. Dark chocolate. And it would be such dark a... Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate, yeah. And remember, it would be such a bummer when we would get to a green room and they'd have milk chocolate yeah, ones. she only liked dark. But, but let's answer oh, sorry, Mike's yes. question. I think Mike should just suck it up and enjoy the house and build the pool. Oh. Look how much we love our pool. No, look how much you love the <laughs> pool. All right. So here's the thing, Mike. A home, I know, can be considered an investment. Absolutely. But a home is a home. And it's a place where you live and where you enjoy. Therefore, it is absolutely ridiculous because the price of that home has gone down that you now don't love a home that you once loved. You had a vision for it. And just because real estate went down, you don't love it. If real estate had skyrocketed, does that mean you would love it more? It's still the exact same house that you decided to buy. You decided you were going to put a pool in. It wasn't like, oh my God, we're going to buy this home, fix it up, and then maybe sell it. Look how much money we'll make. So no, you are to listen to your husband. And the reason you say you bought the house was to put in a pool, then put in a pool and enjoy it. What do you want to say? Wait, I have a great idea, Mike. You're 45. Not only put in the pool, make a fabulous terrace and an outdoor grill. 
and then have a 50th birthday party like you could not believe. And you'll enjoy that house and have the first big event memory of your lifetime. There you go. Really make it a great pool. <laughs> get furniture well, That's too, exactly Mike. what you should Mike, not get do. get some really good yeah, furniture. Get yourself further in, Mike. <laughs> but it's no really, sweetheart. Please stop thinking of it like that. You have money. You're young. You don't know what's going to happen to real estate 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Stop looking at things as to what they are worth right now, right here at this moment in party time. Party on, party on, party on. Of course, okay. KT, my little party animal over there, yeah, party would say on, that. Mike. Make a big party. All right, next question, Susie. Wait, wait, I just have to stop. KT lives for parties. I she love entertaining. loves entertaining, looks for any excuse to invite people over. She loves big birthday parties. She loves all of that. Unlike me. Hi, Susie. We just recently paid off a car loan with the last two months. Yeah, 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 my, yeah. But wait, listen, my husband's credit score just dropped 17 points. Yeah. We're trying to figure out if that drop was due to the car loan. Thank you for all you do. So what's the answer for Nadine? You know, credit scores really are very difficult to figure out because it also depends on when you are checking your credit score or truthfully your FICO score, which is the only one that really matters in my opinion. So for instance, let's say you've been charging things on your credit cards that you know you're going to pay off at the end of this month. FICO doesn't know that you're going to pay it off at the end of the month. So possibly at the time that you're checking your score, they see that you've charged up a lot, you've used some of your credit limit, so therefore what happens down goes your score. 17 points is not a big deal, just so you know. Most likely in your situation, because you paid off your car loan, within the last two months, your credit limit has also decreased. And remember, a good portion of your FICO score is made up of your debt, what you owe to your credit limit ratio. So if your credit goes down because you've closed a credit card or paid off a loan and then it's gone, that can affect your score, believe it or not. But really, Nadine, I wouldn't worry about it at all, KT. All right. Next one is from Diana. I like this one a lot, Susie, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. My parents and I are interested in investing in real estate together. My parents have cash readily available to purchase, and my husband and I have the means and skills to renovate, maintain, handle landlord issues. What would you recommend is the best way to handle rental income between the two parties? Meaning pay off parents' investment 100% first, split income between two parties, etc. I think that the fact that at the end she mentions first 100% paying back the parents for the investment, I, I think they have a good relationship. Of course, they have a good so relationship. I, I right like now. this idea of the you kids. enter money into a relationship, and if things go south, if, south it goes things, south bad. Yeah, but, it goes, right. Yeah, but all right. So, what are you going to recommend? 
Well, that's why you read me the question, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> All right, so Diana KT thinks you should do it. She doesn't answer your question at all, which is why you're so lucky that I'm here. Here's the thing. You, when you say that your parents have cash readily available to purchase, it's not just about do you have enough money to purchase it. If you're going to set this up as a business, because it is a business, not only does there have to be an amount of money to purchase, whether it's outright or as a down payment, a piece of property, but also enough money set aside as working capital to renovate it, as well as once you now are renting it out, for instance. What happens if you rent it out? We have another pandemic. Now nobody is going to be paying you rent. Is there enough income or is there enough money in working capital to keep it running for at least a year? So it's not just enough money to purchase a place. It's enough money to keep the place going, to pay for everything, to know that inflation is still here. It's really, really important. All right. That's number one. Number two, you're going to spend your time renovating, maintaining this and doing everything. So the things that you have to decide isn't, do they get paid back first their money? And then how are you going to live? Who's going to pay you? How are you going to survive? So you really have to sit down, look on paper as, all right, if we bought this place, this is how we would buy it. This is how much it's going to cost to fix it up. This is how much money you and your husband need to get every month to keep your life going. It's far more complicated than just how do you pay off the money? How do you do all that? It's a big deal. After you've done all that, then you have to decide, is it 50-50 partnership what is the percentage of the partnership? Who gets the tax write-offs? And the rental income that comes in, it should go to both of you, right? Because you put in your labor and whatever. It's just complicated. So if I were you, seriously, I would sit down with a lawyer and I would have a contract drawn up between the two of you and it's a business lawyer, and run this as a true business, my friend. Just be careful, because you never know what can happen in real estate. I mean, KT, imagine. Imagine that a little bit ago, a few seconds ago, this person who bought a piece of property, it's down 150000 yeah. from where they bought it. Mike. Not Mike, and everything now. Now, Mike is upset. Husband wants to continue to do it. You know, real estate doesn't just go up. And just be careful, everybody, because when, in fact, unemployment goes up, real estate prices tend to go down. So just be careful. KT. Okay, you know what time it is. All right, KT, this is an interesting quizzy. Mm hmm. Right. Now, I would like you to read your own quizzy. Everybody, what this is, 
is this is the time that I pick out a question. And I want KT and all of you to think about it, what you would do in this particular situation. It's not so this little. is a long quizzy, but it's it looks really interesting. It's not a normal. Do you know why I picked this one? It's emotional. Yes, but do you know why I picked it? No. Because of Colo. Oh. Colo the other day sits down and he says, Susie, I really like when you do questions about people's situation because I like hearing about it because then I can relate to that far more than just financial questions. Okay, ready? Help me, Susie. I've lost my best friend. Mm. That's the opening line. That's why she picked it. My heart is ripped out right now. The man I've been with for four years and was making plans to marry, buy a house, etc., has told me that in the first three years, he's been sleeping with an old affair of 10 years. Hmm. We weren't sure about our relationship at first, but built an intimate friendship and relationship over the years that we can't deny. He acknowledges there are no excuses, but he says he was afraid that she was crazy enough to ruin his job and his relationships because he claims he did try to end it many times. This was him finally coming clean to me because he did not want to marry me knowing that a year ago he slept with another woman. So this is what she says. I feel as though I could forgive him if he sought help for his alcohol problems and mental health issues and rebuilt trust the same way that he's been committed to paying off old debt. I'm young, I own my own home, and I'm not afraid of being alone or starting over, but I'm so upset I won't have him. Am I being naive? Are people capable of forgiving and rebuilding, just like a person can rebuild their credit and pay off old debt? So Susie, what would be your response if one of you had found out this from the other? When is love strong enough to endure and when is it too compromising? And you have to throw it all away. I can't think straight and I even feel like quitting my job because the woman happens to be a customer at my job and his. Please help. And then she said the situation is more complicated, but she wanted to keep this simple. So what I just read, in my opinion, Susie, is also complicated. I tell everybody, think about it. Think about it. Listen, there's no way for either KT or myself to know exactly what the outcome would be. However, how would you all answer this question? And KT, no matter how you answer it, I'm not going to say you're right or wrong This is just something for all of us because so many people we know have gone through similar things like this, and I'm not exactly sure it ever worked out. All right, go on. So my gut feeling, truthfully, is that, yes, you've right now you're devastated. He is your best friend. And here's the bottom line. He was a big enough man to come to you and come clean. But you also have to be a strong enough woman to let him go. 
I would not only let him go and move on, but I would quit the job. And you know what? I would let a little time pass and maybe still be his best friend. I think it's really, really important that you understand it's very hard to forgive. It's even harder to forget. You never, I don't believe anyone should ever forget, but it's forgiving isn't that easy. We think it is, we say it is, but it isn't. Those heartstrings are in pain. So I would, I would move on. You're young. Here's what made me say that you are young and four years is not that much time to be with someone. Oh boy. So, and for three of those years, he still had the other woman in his life. What makes you think that that's going to really change? So if you want to share him, that's another story, but I would just move on and quit the job. Start over. <laughs> so. What would you do, Susie? Oh, my God, right? This this really is a hard one that goes, truthfully, everybody, far beyond really this, this podcast in many ways. However, the only reason that I chose this is over all the years I've been doing this, this is not the first time I have ever read this situation. I've read about it and talked to people, interviewed them on the Susie Orman Show way, way too many times. The solution always was to go on and move on. And recently, I just got another email from somebody who had to move on. And she was thanking me so much that she's finally over it. She's met somebody now who is her best friend. It's an honest relationship. I find it very difficult when it's not just that he slept with another woman, but it's also that you say you could forgive him if he sought help for his alcohol problems and his mental health problems, his PTSD issues, and rebuilt the trust the way that he did in paying off credit cards. It's not the same, sweetheart. It's not the same. I've always said that somebody never asks a question that they don't know the answer to. I would ask you to sit down and really try to think about, do you really think that you would trust him again? With your money. With How about your that? money, with your house, with your life. Right? You say love is strong. Do you really feel that he demonstrated love in these four years to you just simply because he now admitted it. Now, I don't know, maybe the two of you could go and see a therapist, whatever, but I would have to tell you, given the fact that you both work at the same place, given the fact that this person is a customer there, it's never going to end. It's just not going to end. So you have been doing really, really great in your personal financial life. You own a home. You're not afraid of being alone. You're not afraid of starting over. But you're so upset that you won't have him. Him. Are you telling me that you are so upset not having somebody 
that you call your best friend when your best friend did that for three years behind your back? When your best friend is telling you that he is afraid of what this woman may do to him, like that's going to change, I don't think so. So I have to tell you, if it were me, if you were my daughter, I would tell you, please, please move on. There are many, many other people out there that really will one day be your best friend. You know, KT, that was a hard one. But one of the things I want to share just between Susie and I, that in relationships and at our age, going through many, many different kinds of relationships and then finally finding each other, which we think are we're perfect, is that we both look at each other often and we say, you're my best friend. But the thing we have together is trust. Susie and I have so much, I mean, 100% trust with each other, that the heartbreak, if something like this ever happened between us, it would be the loss of trust. And I don't think I could ever get it back. You can't get that Once back. Once trust is broken, it's broken. It's broken. Glue doesn't quite put make it back, it put together, back again. together again. So that would be my advice to you. But if you do decide to stay, you two better go see a therapist two or three times a week for years to come. You are not to marry him no matter what for years from now. I would set a five-year timeline. Buy a house in your name. Everything (laughs) should just be in your name, and you should not be financially vulnerable Mm -hmm. to his actions on any level. That's the end of this quizzy. All right, KT. Guess Cola, what? what would you do? Oh, Cola would cry. <laughs> Cola would cry. I'm sure cry. he's crying right he's now. He's probably crying thinking about this. Yeah. Anyway, there's only one thing that we really want you to say every single day. And I have to tell you, KT and I do this every day. As soon as we wake up, we look at each other and we say, today, wherever I go, I will create a peaceful, joyful, and loving world. And if you do that, we promise you, you will be unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. See, I win every single day. Mine's so powerful. I don't need I'm so confident yeah, I'm unstoppable today Unstoppable today Unstoppable today Unstoppable today yeah, I'm unstoppable today Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. 
Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.